Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Uh, Richard Dunwoody alongside me, the first thing he said when we started that was, oh God, it's like I've died. Yeah, it's <laughs> which, like the victory, yeah. Which so, a, a start. Anyway, I'm uh, still here. You are. Yeah, Welcome. Yeah. Um, thank Thanks you very for, much. Thanks for having me. What, what are the sort of, you know, when you do look back at some of those, those great moments, champion hurdle wins, gold cut wins, um, two uh, wins, at, wins at Aintree on, on the, the biggest stage of all for some, what, what are the overwhelming emotions when you look back at them? Yeah, um, fantastic. You know, the national national wins, um, Mini Homer in, in particular, just that he was so unexpected on the, on the ground. Uh, didn't think he'd really get round. Uh, I'd only ridden him once before at Newbury. Um, and then we look at the charter party race and think, God, you know, talk about excessive. I should have been pulled off in that day. But uh, there we are. It's no, great memories. And, yeah, I was very lucky to be part of those, you know, the team that around those horses. You talk about that in, in, in your book, actually, obsessed about the, the charter party. Now, when you, when you look back at it, you won a Gold Cup at the age of 24, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, incredible. Um, but you do say, you, you don't, if you watch it back now, I mean, even then you're thinking, oh, I don't, I don't love watching it, that I'm back. I'm flinching a little bit, never mind. Uh, but that's how it was a, a bit in those days. Um, you know, Scoot was probably even harder than I was on, on some, some horses. And um, that's, how, yeah, that's how we wrote. And thankfully, I think the, the rules, the stick rules have, have adapted, changed over the years and all for the better. Um, I don't know how much you've, to be honest, how much you've stayed in touch with, with horse racing as is. You know the, the, the rules on the whip have changed. But, but, but just before we come on to that, perhaps, I mean, where, where are you, Richard Dunwoody, the, the retired jockey now? And we, we'll talk about what you've been doing subsequently. But where are you racing-wise at the moment? In- Race, racing-wise, well, we've actually moved to Spain. Um, so we're living in Madrid. Um, and we've been out there since, since July. Looking, we've got a few more decisions to make, but we're, we're looking to uh, get residency out there. And uh, we've got Millie is in school. She's three, so she's in a bilingual school there. Speaks far better Spanish than, than I do. So she's learning Chinese as well. So, and she seems to love it, and she's very settled there. So we'll, we'll see how things we've, uh, sort of go over the next month or so. Does that mean that you're a very different individual now? I suppose, the arrival of Millie in particular, I suppose people say that, I that, think changes, that changes you. But, <laughs> but, but are you, a, yeah. a, a, and you, you have been setting yourself some serious tasks over the last 20 years or so since, since you retired, but are you a very different individual now, would you say? Yeah, you, you change, obviously, for those days when all you focus on in, say, 93, 94, and the 94, 95 season when I was writing for Martin Pipe, it was like... Tw- 24 hours a day, just non-stop racing from the moment you woke, woke up in the morning and until the time you went to bed and then you were sort of half dreaming about it all night as, as, as well. So 
um, absolutely obsession uh, with racing and riding, riding the next winner and that's that's how it was. And that said, it, it wasn't as if you followed a path which plenty of, of champion jockeys followed. Peter Scudamore before you, the champion jockey before you, stayed in racing. Tony McCoy, the champion jockey after you, he, he has stayed in racing as well. You seem to, to, to quite soon after, before you tried a bit of punditry, say, yeah. I will quite likely distance myself from the, the sport which has, has given me so much. Yeah, that's, that's the way it was. Um, my father trained and haven't been around trainers for 20-odd years. I didn't want to train. Um, I didn't particularly want to be an agent. I went back, did a little bit for the BBC for about four or five years uh, before they lost it, um, the coverage. The, the, did, did you enjoy doing that? Yes, I did. It was a challenge as well. I was living abroad some, sometimes. I was in France doing a course there and then coming back and so having to, to know everything about you know all that had gone on in Cheltenham and then we were covering it uh, at Aintree. But it was a challenge. It was good to do. Um, but that's, that experience is gone, and you just you move on, go with the flow, really. And what was the first thing that led you to say, "I need, I need something to really get the adrenaline pumping"? Because North Pole, South Pole, forty days around Newmarket, Japan, what yeah, North Korea marathons. What, yeah, what is it that, that led you? Did you did you just still feel that 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 need I for adrenaline? I think I've been very lucky, and thanks to racing and the people I've I've met through through racing as as well that these things have sort of cropped up i've never particularly planned eventually i did plan to go to the south pole it took three four years to get it all together but i, I was very lucky i was introduced to reintroduced to david hempel and adams uh, see some of the shots here um, but it was david that got me to go on the, the north magnetic north pole race and then um, the 48-day slog to the to this, I could have ridden on the flash after, <laughs> after that one. So uh, I came back. About, so, so easy to I lose came weight. back. It's a great place to lose weight. Anyway, we were, we were eating probably five, six, five to seven thousand calories a day, and still were probably covering about 15 miles, dragging the sleds um, from the recovery glacier. Um, we're the only people to have walked in that route. So it was, yeah, it was fantastic. Doug Stipe, who led there was only two of us got there in the end but uh, this, was, this was the Ernest Shackleton route that was the Ernest Shackleton route to the to the pole to the south pole um, so an amazing experience getting to the pole um, getting in shown into the base told we were allowed one one cup of coffee and two biscuits and then you have to get back in your tent where we had to wait for three days to plane to pick us back up but uh, yeah it was, it was tough the you know toughest thing I've I've done I'd say probably about forty pound I'd lost before that mm. that picture was taken. Was that the hardest of all the challenges you set yourself since By retiring? Far. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And was it um, harder than anything you did as a jockey? In some respect, you know, obviously it was the, as a as a jockey, top jockey, the the schedule is punishment punishing as as it is. Whether it's the saunas, the driving, keeping the weight down, you know, it was it was it was a hard slog, but. Uh, those 48 days were purgatory. <laughs> they were hard. Yeah. And there's also uh, Afghanistan you, you've been to as well. Um, and the game, now the game that you played out there has escaped my mind, but I'm sure you Bush, Bush Kashi, uh, it's their national sport. Um, apparently they, the, the old Afghans have, have played it with the bodies of Russian soldiers and stuff, but uh, it's, they're a tough, tough race, as you can imagine. But uh, I did get um, invited to, to play a game up the, the Wakan Cor Corridor. And yeah, it was amazing to be. And they, as, as graphic as this sounds, it, the, the way out there, as you say, it's their, their national sport and it's brutal sport for, 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 for humans and to an extent animals as well. And they, they play with a headless goat, I believe. Is yeah, that right? they're, they're a carcass. And um, 
Yep, it's uh, they they get stuck in. Um, the, apparently, there's the championships, the Asian championships, or the nomad championships, where they they also congregate in Kyrgyzstan, I think. And uh, I know people have represented America for that, and they said they they were in bits at the end of it. So, did you find it difficult but, uh, when you did? It was, it was good. The one thing you have to do is get a get a horse or a mount that's not too tall, <laughs> because I've been on one where it's it was it was quite leggy and uh, reaching down to get the the carcass, and they say they literally you're breaking bones in your hands and 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 arms and all sorts of injuries mm. uh, going on. But don't get anything that's that's too tall or too leggy. Do you think when you went out and say met those individuals, do they do they have any idea that they were they were talking to you, a man that's broken countless bones and, and built, no, been involved no. in similar sorts You're of things? Absolutely not. And if you can't ride well, then they, yeah, that's it. No, you, that's it. They, they don't want don't want to know you. Um, but amazing places. You know, I've been very lucky to have to have visited a, a lot of countries since I've retired. But I have to say, that country, Afghanistan in particular, is one of the most beautiful. One of the most remote places I've been up the Wakan Corridor, but one of the, the best places I've been as well. And before this goes into a travel documentary, the, the, <laughs> yeah, the most yeah. recent one is, is you, you've done a marathon in North Korea. Yeah, I went to, went to North Korea. Um, I wanted to visit the country, but uh, I thought if I'm going to do another, another marathon, then um, let's do somewhere different. And uh, yeah, went, went out there last year and got through. Is, yeah. is, part of, is part of this for you not just the the doing but the planning and the plotting and the and the, the making sure it can happen the task in itself is not just completing it but also surely setting up with either difficult places to go to or difficult tasks yeah to it does take a bit of planning yeah certainly certainly does and obviously you've got the training to you know set myself to to get under four hours so yeah that that needs a, a bit of training to, to, and by by 10 seconds i think yeah I, you, left, I left my run late there it was, uh, <laughs> i almost had to sprint round we finished in this huge stadium their national stadium about 25 well they say 50,000 i think it was more like 25 to 30,000 people in there all with their clapper boards and um, I was sort of having a look at the clock. I, I've, so it was literally a sprint round the last lap. I was, <laughs> was in bits. I love yeah. that I asked, did you do it? Of course you did it. Richard Dunwoody did just, do that. Just got in. Um, are you still in, in touch with some of the, 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 the people from the wearing room of old, the, the, the yeah, Scoos, not, the Harveys, not, not so many. I spoke to Scoo during the autumn, spoke to AP on Friday, and he was in good form, uh, full of all the gossip at Arsenal and, and stuff. So that was, that was good to have a chat with him. Hopefully we were sort of having, uh, we'd have dinner once or twice a year, and um, hopefully we'll, we'll catch up in the you next... You both, both Arsenal fans? Both Arsenal fans, yep. Competitive yep. That's, bunch, this, 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 Frankie is as well, I yeah. believe, so... Uh, you know, so um, yeah, things didn't go well the other night, but there we go. Talking, talking of AP, I, I mean, when you left the sport, he was on his way up. I mean, he'd, he'd won X amount of champion jockey titles by then, but he, he was, he, he certainly didn't necessarily suggest he was going to go on and win 20, or did it to your mind? Um, then he was, I'm not saying he was head and shoulders, you know, had Dickie riding a lot of winners then, Dickie Johnson riding a lot of winners then anyway, but. Um, for the foreseeable, definitely early 2000s, for the foreseeable, AP was going to be champion jockey and to stretch it all the way. And, uh, and as long as he did, it's yeah, a testament to him. And you, uh, you, you'd been a three-time champion jockey, but you also seem to have passing Skew's amount of total winners, which has subsequently, of course, been, been passed by, by AP. But that, was, that seemed quite a big thing for you to want to achieve. <laughs> yeah, at the time. But I think it all puts it into, sort of, with AP achieving as, as many winners and also, you know, 
Dickey to, to ride mm. incredible mind to winners, you know, puts puts eyes completely in the shade. But, but but does it? Does it not? Do, do, do you feel it detracts from what you achieved in any way? Um, yeah, obviously, in, in some respect, you look at the, you know, he over doubled what what I rode. Um, I think Richard has or near will soon. Um, so just it does bear testament what what incredible jockeys they are. But but might it just be? I mean, it is. And I know you're you're slightly away from it now, but a, a different game now compared to that which which was around when you were riding in the. But it was the late a changed um, racing change from the start. You know, when I was going around with Frank and Steve Smith Eccles at, at the start, and how racing evolved even those sixteen seventeen years. And then, obviously, the last 20 years, I'd imagine it's, it's changed immensely, too. I always look back at that, that time, uh, early 90s, and head-to-head -head with Adrian. I was moved to Pipey to hopefully be assured of, of winning the championship. And things weren't going well, and I was. I'd, I think my I'd, Robert Kington had been my agent, and then I basically had, I rang Robert, and things weren't going well. I didn't. Ha I ended up not having doing myself at the mm. time as well. So driving myself completely crazy, and I ended up going to a sports psychologist at, at the time. And always remember the head headlines in the Sun. Sort of once they copped hold of the story that I was I was going to a sports psychologist that was basically done maddies off to the sports psychologist. And then, you know, and then how things have changed now. You, know? well, you, you might have seen. I, I know you were you're outside in our, our green room while we were perhaps having that that debate about accessibility with, with Ollie and Richard in here and about how um, racing certainly mental health-wise, seems to have opened its doors a little bit more to, to that side of the sport. And yeah, you would never get a headline now, dumb Maddie. I mean, just, <laughs> but, but you couldn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, that's... And I was just... Innovation, what, what could I get to just set me that little bit apart, to, to try and get that little bit of an edge on, on Adrian? And I went into the last day. I've been to Peter, Perry, Peter Terry on the Friday. That last day at Stratford Market Race, and, you know, he just... The main thing was to focus, to do my job, not to worry about what Adrian was doing, to control the controllable. Mm. And I believe that that really did help win me that, that championship that year. Did it take you a while to learn to do that and not trying to control other, other people in a race? Yeah, that's, that's it. And I was worried all, you know, before I, I, I went to Peter, it was, you know, I was worrying where Adrian was going, what, what he was riding, you know, how third he was doing, Murphy at the time. Um, and yeah, not concentrating on my own, on my my own job. So, yeah, it was a it was a real, real the best thing I've, I ever did. I think was that ninety three ninety four season was your middle middle success as, as champion season, jockey, yeah. but undoubtedly the hardest. I'd say probably the next year was was even harder. That year, Adrian was riding winners left, right, and centre. Um, you know, and then I got into a real good run from Christmas. Did have a ban of a few weeks, missed miss Cheltenham, and then the sort of the, the national came along, and then we were neck and neck for those last last few weeks. Adrian had a good run right the last week, um, but we were high, you know, really high on adrenaline, all especially towards the end of the season. The next year was even I thought harder. Um, it was almost we got to sort of February March, and we're neck and neck again, thinking, you know, do we really have to go through this again? And then. Unfortunately for Adrian, he got bad fall at, at Hereford, I think, towards the end of the season, and that let you know that let me in again. But uh, yeah, so maybe that second season was was more difficult. So in some yeah. ways, that that second season when you did it by three, I think it was from, from Adrian. Was, was was it satisfying to win it, or was it relief or uh, real uh, total relief? Yeah, total relief at the at the time that that last day at or Stratford, 
had a couple of winners, had, had a good good afternoon there, and that sort of set it up for me. Market raised, and I think Adrian might have won the first first couple, and then he, and then uh, and then basically got beat on a couple, and and the championship was mine. But uh, it was total relief. Mm. Yeah, friendly rivalry. I think it brought myself and Adrian together. There were times when it was getting niggly, and then I put him out through the wing at Nottingham. Nottingham, you did, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. And, and did he, so, he try to get you inside? Yeah. Um, I'm one of John White's. I think it was Mr. Genealogy. And um, yeah, so that, that it all came to a head then. And my Miss Cheltenham got away as soon as I, and probably that helped as well. You know, um, I went skiing for the first first time and just cleared cleared my head a little bit then for for uh, Liverpool and got in had a had a great great time there winning the national and then you know a really good end to the season um that national mini homer was your your second um there was a bit of or, or history repeating itself you were number 8 again as you were with west tip i think and the snow there were a couple of yeah there was the snow you, on the ground did you yeah. feel it was going to happen um not certainly not before the race, I'd, I'd ridden him at Newbury. The one thing he did there, he got to the front and he sort of looked about a, a lot. So I said to Piper, and he didn't give me any orders, I said to Piper, I just don't want to get to the front too soon. So this is it, jump in the, the second last. So I was really concentrating and getting a good lead. And then Young Hustler, I think that's Young Hustler, the, the loose horse. He just jinxed a little, comes across me, jinxed a little bit at it. I lose is, about. Is that Adrian on your right? Yeah, Adrian on, on the right. and the. The names I called him at the third last when we were—he oh, no, was going to beat me again. So here, I, just immediately after the fence, I thought he got me beat, and uh, then Warcraft boys run stopped, and he stopped, and then oh no, I'm left in front. Um, and then the other, the loose horse has gone away. Then to the stands, what am I going to do? And you know, another furlong to go, and then I just see this gigantic head, uh, good old just so. And I really thought I thought it was beat. Uh, so there was a lot of, a lot of relief when I uh, passed the line here as well. How um, was that more satisfying than, than the first on West Tip eight years earlier? I think so. um, amazing, but it was all happened when I was very young um, on West Tip. Um, Mini Homer, I think you appreciate just how difficult it is to win the race, um, to get round and especially we knew before with the ground being so heavy we knew there weren't going to be many finishes so yeah I and I was lucky at Beaches he was right down on a, on, a, on his knee there so and Beaches yeah, which had claimed you and West Tip in the year before and you the, the year before I won it as well as well and then many you know so win it that year and then Mini Homer goes back the next year and he made a bit of a mistake at the first and was never never going so yeah, caught him, caught him on a great day there. You've spoken about West Tip in the past as being a, a horse who was just made for a national, and after he won it, he went on to be placed in it with you, you again. Um, he mentally, did, did, was he the right sort of horse for a national? Did he know where to be just as much he as was you a brilliant, did? Yeah, he was a brilliant horse to go around there. He saw horses making mistakes in front of him. You could actually feel him twisting away from them because he was so wary of what was going on around him. You, I'm not saying you could have ridden him blindfold, but almost... He he was a fantastic horse to ride around there. Yeah, it was a yeah real treat. And he's a, a horse that that had such a great record around those fences. But I the, the second time at Beechers in '86, you made that move. <laughs> I just you, you literally I think say, it was, get I out. Think, I think it was Tom on my outside. He was going crazy. Tom Taff, and um, 
Yeah, I did. There was no way. No one was going to keep me in that second time round. Yeah, yeah that's um, so we we made a beeline for sort of. I like to jump it middle. Generally, um, it was always the sort of rule that I had in those days to to jump it middle, sort of middle to outer, if I could. You know, um, another horse who you you say was just made for a race. I think was was Desi, of course, the great Desert Orchid, and and, and Kempton just as a whole. Again, blindfold. Could could you have done it with him half blindfold? Um, again. Brilliant jumper, except when I wrestled him to the floor the last time he, he went there. But uh, um, amazing horse. To, to, but he'd always, around that final bend, he'd always sort of give himself a bit of a blow. And then he would just, you know, take off. Um, Did he half know when to fill himself up again or when to go yeah, again? You do, you, yes. And, and literally he'd quicken off that bend himself. Uh, he's just, uh, just loving it there. Um, where, where was the he most, ranked? Uh, probably um, the most intelligent horse I rode, and a real the most competitive horse I, I've ever ridden as well. I only rode him in one close finish at, at uh, Sandown against Nick the Brief, and he just there was no way that other horse was going to beat him from from the last. Was um, he as big as he looks there? He didn't um, didn't actually think. No, I don't think he does. He's just strength. Yeah, that was the one first time I got on him was basically that neck in front of you was. Uh, you know, it was all power, it was all muscle. And he he almost became public property, didn't he? I don't know if any no. horse has quite done it since. Since, not in the same same way, you know, best mate, maybe to an extent. But I think with the being being a grey also, the, it really, you know, the charisma of, of Desert Orchid was, was yeah, incredible. You mentioned Martin Pike. We had Peter Scudamore in here um, a couple of months ago, I think, talking about his, his relationship with Martin yeah, Pike, yeah. talking about it positively. He mentioned yeah. about A.P. McCoy going on and, and sort of getting Martin. The two of you, I think it's fair to say, in the two seasons you had, it, you, it, it wasn't a, a match made in heaven, necessarily. No, it was, we had very, very difficult times to start because I think the, the thing that the, the virus that had been there sort of at the end of Scoo's re, re, uh, career had then sort of developed... The, it continued into the autumn, and I was—I think I went there, and I was trying too hard. Anyway, you know, these horses—I um, I was probably getting beat on one or two that should have won, but also they weren't that healthy as as well. And then suddenly it just clicked after after Christmas and into the into the spring, and the horses started running a lot better. Um, and then the next year, I suppose, with the pressure of. Um, the championship and trying to win it again and how close it it had got again um i just felt that being at martin's wasn't wasn't the place to to be and i wanted to have a bit more balance in my life wanted to go and ride in ireland a bit more um put the weight up a few few pounds mm. and i have a total respect for for martin as a as a trainer he worked as hard as any other trainer around and that's why he deserved deserved his success do you think did did he to your mind did he did he change the landscape of racing at the time? Yeah, definitely. He he up the up the game again, and yeah, everyone was trying to to you know um, follow him, um, try and and basically the gallop he had up there and the the um, going up five four or five furlongs, four and a half furlongs, three or four times interval training. Um, certainly, uh, yeah, he. Um, 
He set the bar very, very high for the rest in those days. And then there's that, I was going to say wonderful story, because actually when you, when you hear the words, it, it is. But actually it's a terrifying story in some way, the concussion that you had one day, and you, you, you picked up the, the racing paper as it was then and, and, and read that you'd left Martin oh, Pipes. Um, crazy but, how concussion can, can affect you. And I'd had the, the day at Ascot where I'd had a fall and watched, my, watched me talking to the doctor and saying it was fine and didn't really remember anything till after the last race. And there was a day at, at Hereford where I was riding one of Martin's, got badly concussed, and didn't know I could read in the sporting life. And Dunwoody has left pipe, and I thought, this is bad. Uh, Richard Dunwoody, who's also left his wife earlier in the year. And it was all happening in my life at that, that time. I, I didn't even remember that. I actually started going out with someone else at the time. So. It was news to you at the time. So it was all it complete, back. yeah, and then it took about another, uh, another six hours of probably before it came back properly, yeah. Does that worry you now in any way, the, those, those, those falls that you had, like, nigh on 700-odd of the eight concussions you had? I mean, yeah. does, does it, does well, it play on your mind now? Yeah, and then you sort of get lesser concussions. Obviously, you can worry about it, and I think the initiative iTurf, uh, initiative that Michael Turner set up, fan, Dr. Michael Turner set up, is absolutely fantastic as, as well. So, um, and hopefully, hopefully the results from that that survey will come, come through in the next next few years, three or four years, and uh, yeah, should be positive, but you can't dwell on it too long, hopefully, you know. Sorry, this is a personal survey to you, or, or a survey on, on the effect no, of concussion? No, is, um, it's into concussion, um, which he set up probably about two, three, three years ago, um, and to sort of really um, delve into the effects of neurodegenerative diseases, really, that uh, we might suffer from, from concussion. Um, and also as to why girls get more, more or suffer more concussions than, than the guys, really, especially in, 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 in racing. I take it at the time it didn't worry you at all, any injury, it was a case no, of how you, you could get back up. That's, that's it, straight, straight back up. But uh, how dangerous that is when you can be badly concussed one day and then you know, suffer a second concussion two or three days later, that, that, is, uh, that can be very, very dangerous. And I was l lucky in some way that fall at Ascot that I did get badly concussed. I went and rode a Breeders' Cup winner three days later in America. Yeah, yeah. One, of a, one of a couple. Of Highland, Highland Bud, yeah. 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 Um, when you, were there any lengths you wouldn't go to, to get back on a horse because of the, the, the pressure you put on yourself? Was there ever a time where you said, hey, look, this isn't, this isn't right, I can't get back on here? Yeah, I imagine there was the, the odd time. Um, but I think sort of I became a little bit more sensible over those last four or five years. But I really, I, you know, really enjoyed it. Um, riding in Ireland and it was finding that balance and I felt I'd really find that balance in, in those, those last four or five seasons um, it loved riding for Edward O'Grady Dermot mm. Weld out there the Irish festivals, riding at Galway Killarney, Tralee uh, during the summer uh, it, was, it, was, it was fantastic and it just kept you fresh, I, I remember just taking a couple of days off, going to the Monaco Grand, Grand Prix one weekend instead of riding but I think that I don't feel my, my riding at all suffered from, from that at all. I, if anything, it, it kept it up to the top of its game, really. And so in some ways, you were at your happiest in the game, were you, when you were forced to retire? Yeah, I, I did not want to retire yet. Mm. Um, you know, I'd love to have kept riding until I was 40, uh, but that was, was not to be. Is there a chance you think that had you been able to retire on your own terms, let's say five or so years later, you might have stayed in the sport? I don't, don't know. Um, Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I was. I, 
I always felt that because I started a um, sports marketing agency, mm. always felt there was there were, there's a lot more to, to life. You know, I'd, so I'd moved to London about ninety five, ninety six as as well. So there's there's a lot more to, to life and race. And I love sport as well. You know, um, off to the rugby later, and uh, so I may have done, but prob- probably not. What is the next challenge? I have no idea, Tom. I haven't, uh, just the, the main thing now is to sort of get things sorted out in in Madrid, and uh, I say just yeah, keep things keep things right there. We've just started um, a marketing agency, a small marketing agent myself and Olivia. Um, she's developing websites out there as as well, doing a little bit of photography, mm. and um, got a couple of riding holidays this year as well, off to Namibia. Namibia. And um, the IJJF holidays, we've got one to Montenegro and one to Argentina as well. So, so there's a bit on this year. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai.